You are Locked On Seminoles, your daily podcast on the Florida State Seminoles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome back to another edition of Locked On Seminoles. I'm your host, Drake, and going with me is my brother from another mother, my partner in crime, Mr. David Wise. Davey, what's looking good looking? Ready to get hit by a hurricane, Drake. It's hurricane season, and I don't mean anything about Miami football. I think the tropical storm is, you know, what we're going through right now. With also so everyone, you know, make sure you have your supplies. If you're in the Florida area, make sure you're safe, have your shirts up and everything. But seriously, though, folks, like, you know, take these things very, very seriously. But we're not here to talk about meteorology. That's not our stick. We're actually here to talk about some FSU sports, in particular, FSU football, because right now our recruiting is – Second to none right now, honestly. I think we've jumped up like 10 spots in the rankings right now as we speak. And Dave, what is the, how does that make you feel right now? Like, how do you feel actually us jumping up to the top three? Equal parts confused and excited. Like, it, it doesn't make sense that a three and six football team is ranked top three or four, depending on where you look in recruiting. Mm-hmm. I have no idea how the hell, what, what Mike Norvell is saying to these kids, but I love it. Feel great. But you know what makes me feel best of all, Drake? What 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 does that make you best of all? I think I know where you're going with this, but uh, let it ride, baby. So if you're, let's say, a fan of another school, like, I don't know, let's throw Florida out there, right? Of course. Florida, Florida just had, I hate this, but a great season. And if you're Florida coming off that great season, you would think, wow, they're going to have a good recruiting class. They're doing things good there, and I will want to go there. But no, Drake, no, they are not. And how much better could it feel right now as a Florida State fan than knowing things are trending in the right direction, you're kicking Florida's ass in recruiting, and all of those fans must just be ready to light the world on fire. Yeah, I mean, I think I've said this before and I've said it again. I think the one constant, the, 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 the dependent variable like in that entire thing about how the recruiting is very lackluster and kind of below their own expectations is Dan Mullen, you know, running the show there. You can definitely tell that he's someone that doesn't particularly like or enjoy the aspect of recruiting. And no offense for college football, you need to actually enjoy and be good at that in order to be successful in the long run. I mean, you're right. They, they've they gone two straight New Year's Six Bowls over the past two seasons. They will beat Virginia, what, two years ago. And I think their class finished not even in the top 10, maybe like number at the highest number nine. I know last year they finished, yeah, they finished number nine in 2020. They finished 12 in 2021. And right now they are... Do you know what number they are at, Dave, ranking-wise for that? Oh, I just want to hear it. Just say it. All right. It's not single digits, and it's not even in the teens. They're not even top 25. They're the 26th ranked recruiting class in the country after a New Year's Six Bowl season win. And Sorry, not win, but appearance. But still, that's that's so bad, and that, as a Florida fan, must just kill you inside. Uh, You're talking dirty, talking that number 26. That is just – that is so good. Oh, man, that makes me happy. 26, 26, but I mean, they have what about 26, 26. And not only, you know, what's even better, actually, though, than Florida recruiting class. I think I know what you're going to say. Please say it. Okay, so for those of you, uh, we we did, you know, mention the University of Coral Gables earlier in the program. I'm talking about the University of Miami's recruiting class that isn't even in the top 50. Oh, yeah, keep going. Just keep talking. No, and for those of you that don't know that when you go over to 247 you can see the top 25 classes you know without loading loading the page again now i have to do that once for the hurricanes you have to do that twice 
Right now, the University of Miami has the 75th, 75, 75. For those of you that, you know, my English isn't that great, but hey, listen, I'm trying to work with you guys here. 75th recruiting class in the country. That's behind schools like Old Dominion, Austin P. Schools that shouldn't even be like in the discussion for even being a better class than them. And right now they are whew, in a rough spot right now, Dave. Didn't they just have like one of their silent commits commit to, who was it? Uh, West Virginia. They had one kid go to West Virginia. Uh, I forgot the kid's name. No, it's, it's I think Jacoby Spells is the kid's name. And then the kid for Penn State was Zane Duran, the four-star defensive tackle. What if you're saying you're a silent commit, did he silently flip then too? I guess like I don't think the kid was ever committed in the first place. <laughs> that just means like probably telling the coach what he wants to hear. I've been saying for years now, and I'm gonna reiterate it. I'm one of the biggest Manny Diaz fans in the world. I hope he never leaves there. And you know what? I hope Dan Mullen stays at Florida. Just keep things like they are right now. And I have a good feeling Florida State will be right back on top pretty soon. I mean, yeah. I mean, with Manny Diaz, like, you would think he'd be better at this, right? I like, would. Dan, like, Dan Mullen, like, you can tell, like, Dan Mullen isn't a very, you know, personal, sociable guy. But you know what you get with him. He's a very, a very good offensive-minded coach. That's why I always say that he should have made the jump with the Cowboys two years ago and taken off yeah. Dak Prescott with that reunion. That would have been great for him because he – I hate the guy. I don't think he's good at job whatsoever. But like with offense, he's a borderline. He's a genius. And then with Manny Diaz, he has the defensive mindset. He's from the South Florida area. Grew up there, yeah. as Max was telling you, went to Country Day High School. Has a very strong presence there. And also, he was a GA at FSU when we won. So he should know the inner workings of how to, a program should win, how a program should be doing well in this regard. And not only is he doing, you know, not even average. This man is getting blown out on the recruiting trail of every facets of everything and it's just absolutely mind-blowing how bad how can someone be this bad at someone's job you know and still actually be retained unless you're jim harbaugh but that's a different story for another day but love it it's, he's a case study actually manny diaz is in karma and you know that's true because he did that thing where he went to temple didn't he as the head coach for like three days i think, and it, was then... a week. I think it was a week hey, 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 hey i think it was a week i think it was a week either way this is a case study in karma. Manny Diaz deserves all the bad things in the world that happened to his coaching career. And he has brought this on himself. And I, again, I just hope he stays at Miami forever because they're going to be more irrelevant than they've ever been before. And that includes our, when they were under our, was he a defensive analyst, Randy Shannon? I would listen to Randy Shannon. They actually, you know, kind of kept stuff close. I would think they were more irrelevant with was, – what was the guy's name from Temple? Ironically, Al Golden for the past, like, seven eight years. Oh, that's right. I forgot yeah, that was that. even That was even worse. I remember that's when I first, like, got into college football was I'm seeing. Like, I remember there was such huge fanfare for him to be here. Like, oh, yeah, Randy Shannon's gone. You know, Al Golden's to bring back the old style everything. I was like, are you sure about that? I mean, you got some dorky dude from Temple coming in and uh, who wears like an orange, the ugliest orange tie and the biggest pair of pleated khakis I think I've ever seen. And this, I'm Bad. like, this, you're going to bring this guy into Miami? You think some Miami cats are going to be talking to this guy real quick? <laughs> like, come on. Never change, Manny. Never change. Uh, never change, Manny. Never change. And honestly, I think the win totals came out also for Miami. And I think, Dave, you already gave your pick. For the Alabama-Miami game, I think it's what Alabama by three scores. And you took that in a heartbeat? Oh, I would have taken – if they were minus 28, I would have taken Alabama there. Yeah, pretty much. And honestly, I think those odds are perfect. I think those odds are great. So if you want to take those odds right now as we speak, go over to betonline.ag. Betonline is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your sports action. You can get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sport needs, including MLB, 
Don't take the Marlins. Fade them all the time. I hate to say that. NBA, yep. playoffs, finals are coming right now. I think Phoenix Suns will take this in five games. NHL, go Bolts, I say begrudgingly. And all your yeah. UFC MMA action, UFC 264, it actually is this weekend. I got Dustin Poirier by knockout in the fourth round. But you better believe it. You heard it here first. But so head on over to betonline.ag. Use your mobile device sign up today and receive your 50%. That's 5-0 welcome bonus on your first deposit with the promo code Locked On. That's 50%, 5-0 welcome bonus on your first deposit with the promo code Locked On. L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. All right, Dave. So now that we, you know, crapped on our rivals, you know, told them, you know, what the, what it is, what it is, we're a top three class. Where do we move on from here? Let's. You want to talk some NIL? I think NIL is a good. I think a good starting point for that. So, like for those of you who don't know, I think well, I think a majority of you know that now the NIL stuff actually has started with July first, which is name, image, and likeness for those of you at home, which basically allows these student athletes to use their face and their name to sort of you know get re- benefit and get payment for say. Like how you see Patrick Mahomes in those uh, Hensholz commercials, he's able to use his base and his name to get payment for that. So now the college athletes, as we speak right now, are sort of taking it by storm. We see with Mackenzie Milton with the Dream Field with Derek King. And I think you see a few players at the UCF area kind of like taking what Donald DeLahaye did as well. And they're doing the YouTube content. YouTube has getting paid with their videos. So, Dave, where do you want to kick us off right now? So if you read – here's what interests me. If you read the Supreme Court's opinion – in NCAA versus Alston. There's a really interesting piece to it, which is the concurrence of Justice Kavanaugh. We are talking super laundered stuff here. We're both lawyers, I'm sorry for this. But for those that aren't lawyers, basically his agreeing with the decision and explaining a little more than the decision did or on a little other term. Yeah, so basically it's something that me and Dave always do. We get to the same answer, but we take a different route and different reasoning behind it, which is what a concurrence means. Right. So Justice Kavanaugh went a step further in his concurrence. And what he said was, basically, if a challenge happens to the NCAA's business model, such that somebody challenges whether it violates any trust, not paying athletes, not, not even just name image likeness stuff, but the not paying of athletes by the schools or from the money the schools generate, that that could be a problem going forward, and the NCAA might cease to exist as we know it if that challenge gets brought. I mean, it's also the fact that they have the entire brand and purpose behind the NCAA. That, you know, our business model is specifically not paying our athletes, and you can't have that kind of circular reasoning to kind of justify yeah. that. And the one thing with Kavanaugh's decision, he said the NCAA is not above the law. Uh, I've gone on locked on ACC to say the same thing. Check out the past episode, the past two weeks. I've discussed it kind of fully at length by going by the decision, decision line by line. And the fact of the matter is like this decision was very narrow. All it did, guys, was establish that, hey, students are allowed to receive benefits and expenses specifically for education related stuff like laptops, you know, yep. cards, stuff like that. But if you read the decision in its entirety, this kind of opens the door for everything else under the sun, because now they're saying like, basically what they said was everything that they're doing when it comes to sports and business would be illegal in any other context. That's why now you have like Sedona Prince, the Oregon basketball player actually out West who has an antitrust lawsuit. There's another one coming up in the West Virginia area. You're going to see a lot of changes in the coming years. And quite honestly, like I said before, the infrastructure of the NCAA is not going to sustain much longer if they don't sort of evolve with the times. And that starts at the top of Mark Emmert. Yeah, so I I was a sport management major at FSU, and we talked a lot about like the idea of amateurism. 
and it's and, and we also talked to Dan Lust. That was a great that was a great podcast. If you want to go back and listen to the one we had Dan Lust on, sports law professor and podcaster, he was perfect to talk about this with. But amateurism seems like it's dead. Like you said, they did. This was a very narrow decision, but it seemed like the court went way above and beyond to explain what its thoughts are on college sports. And its thoughts on college sports are that these kids should be getting paid. It's going to happen. I mean, it's going to happen. It's, it's just that, that question. We're not going to get too deep into that because that can, that's literally like an entire like day conversation. Like, you know, do they get paid, you know, as state employees? Do they get paid as independent contractors? Right. But the entire decision that you can tell with this court that at the end of the day, at the heart of sports, regardless of what you're doing, it's a business. You're yep. all there from the, the ownership group to the players themselves, even to the person in the, on the concession stand at your local stadium. At the end of the day, it's all a business. You're there to make money and maximize profit and get all the revenues you want that you want to do. So now that we're seeing that the money is there for like, if you don't, for those of you that don't know, the NCAA tournament makes about $1.1 billion each year, <laughs> which is absurd. And one of the big things that Mark Amber was saying was that we're not going to be putting the players in a position because their, their activities don't bring in any revenue, even though them playing in a tournament brings them in almost the small GDP of a small third world country, which is ridiculous. Yep. So you're going to see a lot of changes in the coming years and the coming months too with that. And you already saw with the NCAA telling every single athletic director that even if your state doesn't have a state law or not, we need a policy by July 1st. And then they gave their own policy as well. I think the night before, like at the stroke of midnight, that now if you're, even if your state doesn't have any state legislation that you're, you're going to want to or we'll have this policy that, you know, players can actually do their NIL. It's going to be interesting to see like how this affects the greater landscape of college sports. Like, as a football school, I mean, Florida State, we're, we're great at everything but football lately, but we are at our heart a football school. Mm-hmm. I think football schools are going to stand to benefit a lot. And, and it's just what's going to happen with all the other sports. Like the money from football goes to help these other sports. It pays for it. So yeah. that's going to be interesting. Um, it, it seems like it's going to benefit the big schools more than the small schools because people are going to flock to the schools that can pay them more because they're the ones that make more money. It's a lot mm-hmm. of questions, and they're all interesting. What I think is going to be really interesting, I think it's going to change the entire dynamic of recruiting, too, because FSU yep. is one of the few schools that actually has the Apex program. It gives the kids tools to you know, be financially literally, understand like, what they should be doing with this money, how they should be entering these marketing agreements with these agents you know, moving forward, how to build their brand, how to grow the presence of social media. And also, I think you're going to see a lot of kids like from like, I don't know if you all you saw today, Dave, a five-star wide receiver, number 12 kid in the country committed to SMU. And if you're a kid like that big and that size, you go to a small school, like a but in a larger area, like in, a, in the Texas area, you can dominate that entire, you can be, you'll be the face of almost everything in that small town and you will reap the benefits from that. So that also is something to be looking out for as well, which I thought was really, really interesting. And I think with the, the one big, you know, I think women's sports are, are going to be benefit from this a lot too, as well. I think we already see right now with the Cavender twins out over, and I want to say it's either Oregon or Cal. I'm sorry, it's friends of Fresno State. They play volleyball or basketball there. And you see they already have like 1.1 million followers on TikTok and Instagram. And it's, it, they're saying the benefit from it really well. I'll tell you what, it, this is all, we're all moving in the right direction here because everybody involved with the NCAA gets paid but the people causing the money to be made. That is just absolutely ridiculous. And, and adding to that, I love this push, the Bush push for Reggie Bush to get his Heisman Trophy and statistics Dude. reinstated. Love it. Oh I'm, I'm a, we're big, both big baseball guys. I do not think Pete Rose should be out of the Hall of Fame. He was one of the best baseball players in history, and I think he should be in the Hall of Fame. 
just like I think Reggie Bush Bush should get his Heisman Trophy back, his stats reinstated. He was one of the most electric players in the history of college football, and all he did is now what's legal. All he did was now is legal, and what, when Pete Carroll just left in the dead of night and faced no repercussions, USC kind of did the same thing. They kind of like basically, you know, they they treat the entire. Yeah, that really pisses me off. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm not trying to get on too much of a rant here, but they basically act now as if the entire time Reggie Bush was at USC never existed, never happened. And he probably, to me, was probably the most dynamic college football player like I ever watched. He was same. He, he was awesome. I love Reggie Bush. I, I did too. I, I haven't seen anything like it. I think the only comparison I've heard is Peter Warwick. He needs to get his Heisman Trophy back. I, I'll die on that hill. I was about to say, you're here, here first. Two-thirds of the Knowles Anonymous group are locked on Seminoles, which I think Max might be in the same boat as well. We are and we're your team for reinstating Reggie Bush's Heisman campaign because typically, like you said, he was the most dynamic player of that of that time, and he was probably the most fun person to watch. And yep. probably one of the big things that helped, you know, get him, to that, get him to that point, get him to that sort of physique and that strength, is honestly probably even Built Bars. Built Bar has, you know, eight, seven, eight, nine delicious flavors. And quite honestly, I don't know what what, what other brand of Built Protein Bar you'll go with. Personally, me, I'm a Cherry Barcia guy. Actually, he likes peanut brownie brownie, but it's pretty good. I know, Dave, we talked about this um, off air. You're a big salt to caramel guy because you're not particularly a fruit flavor sort of dessert type of thing. Right. So head yeah. over to Built Bar and use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your first order. Once again, that's promo code LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5. And, hey, it's summer, folks. Get those beach buys ready. Get straight up a little bit. Me and Dave are going to be hitting the gym for a little bit of weddings that we got coming up. So head on to BuiltBar.com and get thank us later. And we're back. And, you know, keeping the theme of with the NIL, Matt, Dave and I have kind of discussed a little bit. We're not going to go too in-depth with it because I know Max wants to have the same conversation. But, I kind of want to know which players actually would have benefited the most if the NL actually was already in place uh, back, what, 10, even 15 years ago. So, Dave, I kind of wanted you to give you the ball first. Who do you think would just do the best at it? Or who do you think actually would not be as good as everyone thinks they would be at it? So, just for starters, I, I think living in a world where, like, you see the personalities come out even more because they can actually benefit from it is awesome. Because we talked about this. You take a guy like Johnny Manziel – that dude would have been electric in commercials. I, I just would have loved to have seen something like that. And uh, there's plenty more examples. We can go down that road, but it's funny because somebody who is arguably one of the best players of recent memory, Trevor Lawrence, I don't really know his personality. I don't know that he would have been any good in commercials. So I, I kind of wish I could see what that looks like, but he had no, I mean, he couldn't before. Yeah, I mean, no, I mean, the only thing I could think that he would be doing was head and shoulders because that dude has great, that dude has great hair, great but, hair. But you're right. I mean, like, I don't. The only, the only thing I know about him was when he did the um the he wanted to play really well. He wanted to play, you know, our season to continue everything. Oh, yeah. But other than that, yeah, I don't really know much about him. Johnny Menzel. I mean, he he is the first player. He actually did trademark Money Menzel back in college, which I thought was actually probably a brilliant idea. And then to me. I, I think I like former FSU players. I think I think Jameis would probably be a great guy for oh, Publix. Yeah. I mean, like you could definitely see Jameis, you know, like have his little eating a W, but just, but just a bunch of crab legs in his hands. I feel oh, that's that, so good. Yeah, Dalvin will probably go like Dalvin. Jalen Ramsey, that dude loves to talk. Are you kidding me? He would have been electric in commercials. I, I feel like Jalen Ramsey would be some kind of car dealership, right? I mean, didn't he show up to like when he announced when he got his deal? Didn't he show up in like a money truck? 
No, 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 no. I know you're talking about referencing though. When he was the Jaguars, he was waiting for a contract extension and he ordered a Brinks armored money truck to come on. And he had a yeah. comedian, Ha Ha Davis, who go on Twitter. He's really, really damn funny. And literally was coming announcing him. He's coming out with like a bulletproof vest on with bags of money. He's walking into Jacksonville Jaguars training camp. That's a really good one, actually. Actually, a lot. You know, actually, I think would be another good one. You know, the Buffalo Wild Wings, like an Appalachian? Appalachian yeah, yeah. I saw Eddie Goldman there like four to five times. Really? I, yeah, I don't know why. And I saw Eddie Goldman all there. All, and that would be probably a great. I was like, hey, hey, I'm Eddie Goldman, man. Just, you know, head over to Buffalo Wild Wings. Real quick, you know, <laughs> uh, dude, so I when I, so. I remember freshman year, I saw like the entire offensive line at a Chinese buffet. And I would love to see that commercial of like just the offensive line tearing up a buffet for oh, no reason advertising for them. Oh, which offensive line was it? Was it back in like when you were an undergrad or grad school? We're talking 2007. Like, oh, Jesus. oh God. I like Andrew Datko and oh God, I can't even remember. The, uh, Wasn't Rodney Hudson uh, at that point? Rodney Hudson was there. Yeah. I don't know that he was there. He was probably too good to be in the both days. But right, right, either way. Dude, right now, I'm imagining our boy Dylan Gibbons and Dante Lucas and Devon Left here just hitting up Genghis Grill and just like, crushing just a bunch of buffet right there, real quick. That doesn't hilarious. exist anymore. Genghis Grill is gone. RIP. Wait, serious? Oh, that's really sad. Yeah. Man. I didn't. I know. Yeah. I know. Kelvin Benjamin actually did go to Chipotle religiously, and I know that because there was like a streak of like twenty straight days that I legitimately went to Chipotle like for lunch and dinner, and I always saw him go in there grabbing two like meals. I think one for him, and one for his daughter. So that could be another one. This actually is hard. I can't think of like who's had the personality that you'd be dying to see in a commercial. I would think it'd be all DBs, but I about to say because we don't know a lot about like the players, you know, and generally personality wise, like how they would be handling all this. Or at least with FSU. I mean, if you do nationally wise, you can just think of, you know, Sam Howell be a chicken nuggets guy because apparently he's never had a stake in his life. Spencer Rattler already has the QB one mentality that we oh, saw. God. I mean, dude, the kids uh, if you watch him a QB one, the kid's electric. I mean, you, you I do say not you, ever want to see him. I understand that, but you need to, you got to put that aside and respect the fact that he actually is very marketable and actually do people do enjoy watching him. And also people love to hate watch him too, which brings him, which makes him even more appealing. And then got Tate Martell, which is almost the same way. Oh God, Tathan. I don't, don't get, don't get me started on Tathan. Um, but what I will say is, isn't that the beauty of this, that we're actually getting kind of get to know these players' personalities. Like think about how little, even, even media people, know about these players like nobody knows who these people are that they're donating this money to really and it's great that we kind of get to find out i think that is the best thing about it because we we really don't know much about them aside from you know if you follow them on instagram or social media like you know you kind of get like a small little glimpse into your lives but like yeah now when you like when you sponsor something or lend your name like it's to something like okay you know hey so and so likes to go here a lot like i know max moody 100 if it was an athlete the first place he would go to is go to a McDonald's, like, hey, listen, I want to be, you know, one of your one of that's your branded right. athletes. Like, that's how you, and yep. you know, Max loves McDonald's. And so that's kind of like, it allows you to peel back the curtain behind these athletes. Because, you know, we we always treat them as, like, celebrities, especially in college football. They're, like, super celebrities, right? And that's the one yep. thing that we, as a society, we want to know more about these people's, you know, personalizing, like, how they actually are acting their, in their characteristics. So I think with this right now, that kind of opens the door for that. It will be, it'll be interesting to see, you know, what, what route a lot of these kids actually do go. Yeah, you know, I, I, it's going to be... I got to wonder if this is not going to help out like booster efforts because you generally like to see the things your money goes to. If you go out and buy a car, oh, look, there's my car. You go to McDonald's. Oh, look, there's my McDonald's. You donate the money to the team. Yeah, you get to see the product, but you don't really know too much about it. So I want to see behind the curtains, just like I think so many other people do. And I think that's going to 
I, I think that may encourage people to be more willing to give when they know the people they're giving to. That's a good point that I didn't even think about that. You like you you legitimately think this is going to help people kind of like open up their wallets a little bit more to actually donate to the programs that they, you know, they actually really do care about. Yeah. I mean, it puts faces to the money you're giving. It puts, I mean, you, once you, they open up and you know their personalities more, I think it makes you more comfortable with parting with your own money than giving to just a faceless entity. Okay. I never actually thought about it that way because now you actually dip and you kind of see how directly to the source, like you kind of know where it exactly is going instead of, you know, like the lump sum or like, hey, the blanket donation that, you know, most universities are, now, are given. And yeah, because yeah, I would love to know, like with the, the money that we know, we all, since we're all boosters here, the money that we do donate, or is it going specifically towards, you know, athletic uh, efforts for the entire program? Is it for the football team? Like, is it like all the uh, players individually? Like, I do kind of want to know which way actually it does go. And just who are these, who, who are these guys? Who are these guys that my money's going towards? Like, what are, what do they like to do off the field? You know, I, I don't know. I think that could be interesting to a lot of people. I think we have a lot of diehard fans at FSU who scour message boards to find out morsels of information. And I think those people will be very satisfied with this NIL stuff. I mean, dude, yeah. Like, I think we're part of like several different discords right now. Just get a little inkling of something that's going on in the program. I mean, right. I mean, come on. I mean, our entire timeline on Twitter was freaking out over some kid doing a squat. Well, now, granted, the squat was like 500 It's a pounds. great squat. It was awesome. The form was beautiful. You just saw the entire clean yep. little dance that True Thompson did afterwards like that. I'm like, okay, he got that. But, yeah, we always want to know a little bit more about, you know, these athletes and these players because we try – because we, I mean, we spend, what, three to four months out of our lives, like, you know, following the program. And every Sunday, Saturday, we dedicate our entire day to that. And then however the outcome of the game goes either affects us for the rest of the week in a positive way, or you, me, and Max are extremely sad, extremely disappointed, borderline angry, and then we just take it out on airwaves. But yeah, well, welcome to the age of information and paid labor, NCAA. You're officially caught up from being 70 years behind the rest of the country. Uh, they're not caught up yet, Dave. They're just, they're just, I think they're just now getting in- introduced to that. But with that being said, I think that's enough for us today. Thank you all so much for you know tuning in after a long, long July 4th weekend. And most of us, you know, I think partook in a little too much. Right now, I am burned to the core. Dave already has made fun of my tan line right now on the side of my face. Even though, Dave, I will say we it's miss cool. you out there. We wish you had come out. And uh, you look a little pale right now. So I don't, you know, really care about your opinion. So, but that's fair. Uh, with that being said, though, you know, I'm Drake. That was Dave, and we'll see you next time on Locked on Seminoles. Take care, everybody. Go Noles.